one of my most satisfying and kind of unusual work relationships started on an airplane. Prior to being an academic, I was a consultant and I traveled so much. And one time I remember flying to visit a client with a partner on the case. I was just 23 years old, just out of college, new to the company, and here I was traveling with the partner, the most senior member of the team responsible for making multi-million dollar deals that keep the company going. He was in first class with all of his miles while I was all the way in the back of the plane. But when we landed, instead of the usual mad dash of getting off the plane, going to baggage claim, and being in your own world, he waited for me. And we started a conversation that would lead to a long-lasting friendship and mentorship. When stuff was going down at work, I went to him for advice. When I decided I wasn't passionate about consulting, he helped me think through my options, even though he didn't want me to leave the company. And it wasn't just one-sided. He started to come to me for advice also about how to recruit students of color to the company or challenges he was having with the young folks. At the time, I didn't have a word for what this was, but I do now. It's called reverse mentorship. I'm Madupa Akinola. This is TED Business. And in today's talk, Patrice Gordon tells us more about this idea of reverse mentorship. This is based on her experience at Virgin Atlantic, mentoring not just anyone, but formally reverse mentoring the CEO. And while her experience was more structured, after the talk, I'll share some tips on how to integrate reverse mentorship into your organization, formally and informally. We've always thought of mentoring as the older generation passing down wisdom to the young, but there's a huge benefit to flipping that around and allowing the novice to teach the master. The workforce currently consists of up to five generations, and it's becoming more diverse across all spectrums of underrepresented groups. But that change is not arriving nearly as fast in C-suites and in boardrooms, which means there's a growing gap between leaders and their people in regards to their perspectives and experiences. Our organisations can fall right through that gap into the trap of stale thinking, blind spots, and having policies that could alienate these underrepresented groups, not only in regards to age, race, or gender, but all different kinds of viewpoints. Reverse mentoring could be an antidote to that tunnel vision. But making reverse mentoring work isn't as simple as finding a mentor and pressing go. You have to be genuinely curious about learning from that individual, and you have to be intentional about the relationship in order to make it valuable. I know this because I was asked just a year into my career at Virgin Atlantic to be the first ever reverse mentor, to mentor CEO Craig Krieger. I'd met Craig a few times and presented to him in meetings, but this, it was a whole different ballgame. Craig had revealed that he had no black women in his inner circle, and he was keen to understand my perspective on how to build a more inclusive culture at Virgin Atlantic. No pressure. Here's what I learned about how to make reverse mentoring work. Lesson one, make your match thoughtfully. Find someone who has a pulse on the key spokespeople in the organization to help you make your match. This doesn't have to be someone in human resources, just someone who knows you and your teams well, because chemistry really matters. The VP of People Experience chose me because I was open to sharing my ideas and also my enthusiasm for leadership development. Also make sure that your mentor isn't a direct report or part of your team, because it will be really difficult to elicit honest feedback from someone who you also have to review at the end of the year. If you're in finance, find someone creative in marketing, or if you're in engineering, find someone in customer service. This will ensure that you develop perspectives from outside of your immediate team. 
and different perspectives make better leaders. Lesson two, to make things simple, set some ground rules. The first meeting should be off-site, in a neutral location. If you're the mentee, you should set the agenda. What is it that you really want to learn? Maybe you'd like to understand your mentor's career journey, or perhaps if whether they've had any major obstacles they've had to overcome. Or maybe you'd like to understand how specific company policies impact them either directly or indirectly. Agree that your conversations together will be confidential and whether there are any topics which are off limits, such as family life or specific feedback on individuals. Lesson three, start with an icebreaker. I like to think of this as a long elevator pitch of your life stories. Who are you? Poignant moments in your life. What are your hopes and dreams? Pivot to seek differences and not similarities because that's the real power of reverse mentoring. Craig and I found that we had formative experiences in common, both of us immigrants, him, a second generation growing up in the US, and myself, first generation, arriving in the UK from Jamaica at the age of three. But from there, our stories were quite different. Lesson four, beware of role reversion. There were a few times in our conversation where Craig slipped into giving me career advice, and I had to say, Craig, this is really interesting, and I'd love to come back to this later, but in our limited time together, is there anything else you'd like to understand from me? Now, this was quite hard, but you have to remember that as a mentor for this very short period of time, your insights are actually more valuable to the organization. Lesson five, make time for reflection. Agree the key takeaways from each of the sessions, either at the end or through follow-up email, and schedule your sessions to allow time between for reflection. We found that three to four weeks provided a great rhythm. And finally, give credit where credit's due. In the traditional mentoring relationship, the mentor isn't expected to be given credit. However, in reverse mentoring, where the mentee actually holds a lot of the power, accurate credit really counts. Forward-thinking organizations use reverse mentoring as one of the tools to help them build a more inclusive environment. And studies have shown that when organizations embrace reverse mentoring, members of those underrepresented groups feel more confident in sharing their perspectives. And when accompanied by a comprehensive diversity and inclusion strategy, it leads to higher retention amongst these groups. Personally, I found that my reverse mentoring relationship with Craig enabled me to have a sense of ownership and leadership in building an inclusive culture at Virgin. And for Craig, it showed that even when you're at the pinnacle of your career, there's still more you can learn. These days, I've been hearing the term reverse mentorship a lot. But it isn't a new phenomenon. Think back to Y2K. It was the moment where so much technology was changing. Would the elevator work? Would everything reset? And older people in particular were unsure about how to navigate this new tech. GE found a way to solve this problem. They paired junior people with senior people to teach them about technological changes. As Jack Welsh, the former CEO, describes it, we tipped the organization upside down. And since then, companies like United Healthcare, Target, Virgin Atlantic have all implemented reverse mentorship programs. Like Patrice and Craig, a lot of these programs are formal, but they don't have to be. My experience on the airplane happened organically, due in part to how work is structured and consulting. It's almost like the idea of reverse mentorship is built right in. Junior people are all up in the nitty-gritty of the data analysis, the market research, you name it. And they send this up to the senior people who make sense of this nitty-gritty based on their vast experience. So as you try to figure out how to integrate reverse mentorship into your organization, consider how your work is structured. If it's rare for junior and senior people to connect regularly, you might need a more formal system. 
if it's more common to connect across hierarchy, reverse mentorship might already be happening organically. And all you really need to do is nudge it for it to reach more people and solve more problems. Regardless of the structure you have, here are some things anyone can do to cultivate this kind of knowledge sharing. Create more opportunities for junior and senior people to connect. This can be through work projects, on a committee, or even on a softball team. Build a reverse aspect into your existing mentorship program and examine your culture. Do senior members show that they value the opinions of junior people by asking them questions or by being curious about their perspectives on work and life or even by seeking their input? There's a reason organizations are filled with all kinds of people of different ages, different backgrounds, with different expertise, because we need all of those differences to do good work. And reverse mentorship is a critical way to send knowledge in the direction it needs to go. That's it for today. Kim Naderfane Peterza is our producer and Sam Baer is our mixer. The episode was fact-checked by Eliza Solomon. And special thanks to Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, Corey Hagem, and Colin Helms. I'm Madhu Bakanola, and I'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>